Attention crew, this is your Captain Caliban speaking. This is a supplemental episode of Enterprising Individuals, where we bring you news and tidbits from the world of Trek, also interviews with special guests, and a few little surprises along the way. This week we'll look at some of the current news from the Trek world, get some updates on stories we've reported on in the past, and look into the exciting world of Star Trek fan films. Which means this show can't be longer than 15 minutes, so let's get right to it. Here's an update to our earlier story about the Qualcomm Tricorder X-Prize competition, where teams were competing to create a tricorder-like device to be used in medical diagnosis. Final Frontier Medical Devices has won the $2.6 million top prize. Final Frontier is led by ER medic Dr. Basil Harris and his brother George. Robert Picardo, the doctor from Star Trek Voyager, was on hand to open the X-Prize ceremony, and Rod Roddenberry, Big Rod, was on hand to speak as well. Oh boy. The competition began, if you remember, with over 300 teams and was whittled down to two Dynamical Biomarkers Group from Taiwan and Final Frontier Medical Devices from Philadelphia. Damn it, I had all my money on DMG. The finalist devices were evaluated by UC San Diego for their effectiveness. Final Frontier's device is dubbed DXTER. It's Dexter. It's, it's Dexter. It's a mashup of DX, which is the lingo for diagnosis, T for tricorder, and ER for, yeah, for ER. It's got an artificial intelligence-based engine, and it includes a group of non-invasive sensors that collect data about your vital signs, your body chemistry, and your biological functions. Also, Morgan Spurlock was on hand to capture it all with the camera crews he generates as a waste product. And the whole thing will be covered in a documentary he's making because no one's sick of him yet. Anyway, congrats to Final Frontier. The device has a ways to go yet before it sees use in clinics across the country, but they seem serious about the effort, and XPRIZE has done a lot to push research and development forward in neglected fields, so that's great. That or they're eventually going to combine all the XPRIZE winners' technologies into a super-intelligent transorbital rocket that turns into a low-emissions car and knows the most painful way to kill you. It's even odds. Here's some more Discovery news, and I wish I could say it was a good day to news. <clears throat> Mark Debo... Debo... Oh, boy. Debevoice? Debevoice? Mark Debevoice is the president of CBS Interactive, uh, whose umbrella CBS All Access falls under. And he was asked by Vulture.com recently about the state of Star Trek Discovery. Said Mr. Mark, quote, It's going great. I've actually been up there. It is, you know, phenomenal. It's huge. We're very excited about the content. He doesn't actually sound like President Trump, but it is the kind of thing you can imagine him saying. Once slated to premiere in January of 2017 and later moved to May, the release date of Star Trek Discovery is now an open-ended affair. Asked by the interviewer if the show would premiere in the fall, he replied, quote, We're not stating, unquote. Sad. While we're talking Discovery, here's an update to a story that we reported on previously. Though it was rumored that Michael Dorn might appear in some capacity on the new Star Trek Discovery, if it ever comes out, that will now definitively not be the case. According to at Star Trek Dog on Twitter, this, this is a real thing. Nicholas Meyer's dog tweets from the writer's room. Someone misheard Jason Gorn and thought they meant Michael Dorn was going to be on the show. Listen, listen to those two items. Jason Gorn. Michael Dorn. Totally plausible, right? As near as I can tell, screenwriter Ted Sullivan, who's part of the Discovery writing staff, was taking pictures around the production with a Gorn toy and using the hashtag Jason Gorn on Twitter. So that was the source of the confusion. Yeah, right. So I guess when they said, To Bears, Honey's Cuisine, we heard that as Premieres 2016. Epic fail, Stella the Star Trek dog. Unless you think I haven't done my research... 
or haven't stolen it from someone else. I have a little more information on that. Uh, weirdly, it's a follow-up on another event that we reported on previously, namely the Evening with Michael Dorn event at Orlando Shakes Shakespeare Theater, which took place on the 9th of April. The attendees asked him about his possible involvement in Star Trek Discovery, and he elaborated on the situation. According to Orlando Sentinel theater critic Matt Palm, wow, this is going deep, Dorn made it clear that he would not be on the show, going on to say in an interview with TrekMovie.com, these are Palm's words, quote, I can tell you with 100% certainty that Mr. Dorn did not say he was going to be on the new Star Trek show. In fact, he went to great lengths explaining why he would not be on the new show, that there had been interest expressed, but he was not offered enough money. He said they had offered him less than 1% of what he made in his last contract as Worf, unquote. This matches up with a statement that Mr. Dorn made through his publicist. So, no son of Moak, or Moak himself, or father of Moak in this one, and that's too bad. It seems pretty low for someone who was on two Trek shows previously and comes out to all their cons and, and so on. It may have just been a small role, but even so, his appearance fee should reflect the fact that he's got a lot of ridged skin in this game. Anyway, I hope to see Dorn on screen for Trek again sometime, and you can still catch him at the Orlando Playhouse for Antony and Cleopatra through April 30th. More Discovery news. Negotiations between the Writers Guild of America and the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers have resumed after two weeks following a refusal by the WGA of an offer from the AMPTP. Writers are seeking an increase in their fees commensurate with the growth that TV has seen in the last five years, both in the broadcast and digital realms. The writers also want better health and pension benefits to improve their royalty arrangements and to get better script fees and residuals. This is all very complicated, but my impression is that the AMPTP is offering an increase in fees of some sort, but the WGA is looking for a complete restructuring of the system of compensation. And this has been something that has been going on since the advent of digital media. We've had a couple um, writer strikes or near strikes over things like this. People want to get paid for the things that they do that aren't just, you know, on the big three or four. The bottom line is, if the writers strike, pens go down, meaning anything currently in production and more importantly, anything... Uh, that's without complete scripts, will have no writers to write them, uh, from Marvel's Netflix shows to Modern Family and, yes, even Star Trek Discovery. Wow. Bad luck, Discovery. What what else can go wrong? All hands aboard the ship! Repeat! All hands aboard! So now that it's looking pretty definitive that we may have a long wait for Discovery, why not spend that time watching shows that people couldn't wait for you to see? My guest on last week's show was Jonathan Lane, who runs the Star Trek fan film site, fanfilmfactor.com. And we got a chance to talk all kinds of Trek fan productions. It's a rich and crazy world out there for fan shows. And if you're somewhat like me and have seen just about every episode of Trek that's been on TV, you might want to turn your eye to some Trek that you can catch on the web. If you want more information about fan films, Fan Film Factor is one place you can go. Uh, TrekMovie.com also has a section dedicated to fan films. And there's always the old reliable navigate to YouTube, type in Star Trek Fan Films. The quality can often vary from production to production, which is understandable, but it's really not the point. I mean, how many costumes on the original series were made from shower curtains? The answer may surprise you. The point is, so many of these films are amazingly inventive. And there's so much enthusiasm behind them. And that's not just a way to say, oh, this looks like crap, but they're having fun. Many fan films feature professional-level costumes, makeup, sets, and effects. And what's really intriguing about them is that they often, they're telling tales that are off the beaten path from what you'd expect to see on a Paramount show. The makers of fan films are indulging their creative whimsy, and they get to tell stories that nobody would take a chance on for a network show. 
Case in point, and I think John and I uh, talked about this last week, uh, but I'd recommend that you check out Star Trek Continues Episode 3, Fairest of Them All. It's on YouTube. It literally picks up where Mira Mira leaves off. It begins with Kirk's final speech to Mira Spock. In every revolution, there's one man. And then Kirk beams out and Evil Kirk beams back in and, and we go from there and we find out exactly what influence that speech had on the goateed guy. It's a well-made production. They really catch the fun 60s vibe of the original show and you definitely need to see it. Uh, from there, there's a lot of places you can go. There's Prelude to Axanar, of course, but there's also Star Trek Horizon, Star Trek Renegades, Dark Armada, Hidden Frontier Odyssey, uh, New Voyages, uh, which, which became Phase 2 uh, a while ago. Uh, and the list goes on and on, and it becomes a rabbit hole that's extremely easy and fun to fall down. And that's not a shore leave reference. And what's really cool is that often former Trek stars appear in these films uh, as their old characters or sometimes as new ones. And you may see other people that you know. If you watch Fairest of Them All, keep a sharp eye out for Grant Imhara, formerly of Mythbusters and currently of the White Rabbit Project as the evil Mr. Sulu. So have at that. Fan films have had a tough go of it recently as the suit by Paramount against the fan film Axanar has essentially gone against the fan film production and they've had to make some changes to fit Paramount's Ten Commandments of fan film production. You can see these online. I believe it's the first or second Google results for the search fan films and they're just ridiculous. They, they represent perfectly what the term draconian was created for. These rules have cut the legs out from under a lot of fan productions, and that's, that's not really smart when you have a new show debuting someday featuring a brand that's been off TV for 13 years. Guys, why can't you be like Uncle George? Lucasfilm was always really cool about fan projects. The rule was basically, don't make any money, but otherwise go nuts. And no one's worried if we'll ever see a lightsaber again, so... Anyway, become a fan of fan films today. Our top comment this week from our social media comes from a fan, in particular a fan of Deep Space Nine, Twitter user... That's... that's an ellipses, dot dot dot. Uh, anyway, it's a dot dot dot. Uh, who is at Grim underscore Jow 81. Listened to our show about the DS9 episode in the pale moonlight and tweeted us and the show guest David Mack to say, quote, one of my fave DS9 episodes... Thumbs up emoji. You're in good company there. Gr- Grimjow. Grimjow. It's not an ellipses. Grimjow. Uh, people in general, I love that episode. I've never found anybody who doesn't like that episode. Uh, and people were really positive about our episode as well. So thanks for letting us know how you feel. You win a genuine Cardassian optolithic data rod. It's, it's completely real. Yep. Yep. It is the real article. It's a fan. Remember, listeners, you can join in on the conversation and maybe have your comment read on the air. Just go to facebook.com forward slash EISTpod or find us at at EISTpod on Twitter or through our social media links on enterprisingindividuals.com. You can also reach the show at EISTpod at gmail.com with feedback and suggestions or to just say hello. We're waiting to receive your transmission. I'd also like to direct your attention to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash E-I-S-T-P-O-D. We work hard to bring you an entertaining and informative show every week. And if this was the 24th century, where money didn't exist, we would do it merely for the sense of satisfaction. But this is the 21st century, and everything costs something, it seems. So if you enjoy the show and you want to help out, please check out our Patreon. Go there to patreon.com forward slash E-I-S-T-P-O-D. We have many tiers or ranks at which you can contribute with different benefits and prizes you 
you can receive in addition to knowing that you're contributing to something you love and you're part of a larger community. Anything you contribute would be appreciated and would help keep us flying. And I'd like to welcome our latest crew member and contributor to the show. Listener and former guest Alan Gratz is now on board at the rank of lieutenant junior grade and is hopefully settling well into his position at Ops. So thanks, Alan. Again, if you want to join the crew, go to patreon.com forward slash EISTpod. And that's it for this supplemental episode of Enterprising Individuals. If you're an iTunes listener and you haven't yet, why not look us up on iTunes and make sure you're subscribed to the show. Also, write a little review if the spirit moves you and give us a rating at the very least. We'd appreciate it. If you're not on iTunes, you can still subscribe to the show on Google Play or Stitcher or wherever you get our show from. And if you leave positive comments and ratings on those platforms as well, we would be eternally grateful. To that end, I... Right now, I'm announcing our first Enterprising Individuals giveaway, and I'll be reposting this on our social media sites as well. Like any show, we need ratings and reviews on iTunes. So as a little extra incentive, from now until April 30th, if you leave Enterprising Individuals a rating and review on iTunes, you will be entered into a drawing. Your name will go in Guinan's big hat for a chance to win a set of Star Trek Trivial Pursuit cards, Anniversary Edition, with a special Galileo shuttlecraft holder. I'll post an Amazon link so you can see what's on offer here. This is a great and really fun set of cards for playing Trivial Pursuit, or if you just want to see who's the real Star Trek fan amongst your friends or whatever form of public transit you're currently on, uh, I have one of these myself, and I really love them. So again, leave a review on iTunes. I'll mention this on our next show as well before April 30th. And when you do, uh, if you think of it, maybe send us an email at eistpod at gmail.com so we can connect with you, uh, connect with your iTunes username. That might help. Or, Or we'll just work it out later and the winner will be announced on our may 3rd supplemental show so get to it get reviewing get some star trek trivia going live life out loud next time on enterprising individuals the enterprise answers a distress call and finds itself trapped in a nancy reagan psa of death two count them two former stars of the wrath of khan return to trek and one crew member waves literally a fond farewell Writer and director Garrick Dietz joins us on the next show to watch the prime directive take a kicking and Wesley get the talk on a very special episode of Star Trek The Next Generation Symbiosis. And until then, I'm your Captain Caliban signing off and saying live long and prosper. (laughs) 